Gorgeous George and Goes, are you ready? Junkie Nation, are you ready? Well, let's get it on. From the fight capital of the world, Las Vegas, Nevada, this is MMA Junkie Radio. We roll it! What's going on, Junkie Nation? Gorgeous George and Goes are back. Excited to join you for the next hour or so as we discuss the latest in mixed martial arts on a Wednesday night for your Thursday morning delivery. It is February 1st, so uh, one month down and 11 to go here in 2023. And boy, does this month really, really kick off with Bellator 290, the great Fedor Emelianenko. I was near Fedor, the last emperor Emelianenko today, so I'll talk about my trip to L.A., we also got some news to discuss. You know, there's a UFC in Las Vegas as well. We'll talk about that. And, of course, a couple interviews. First, we'll talk to Billy Quarantillo, who's got a fight coming up against Edson Barbosa in April. Just got signed. So we'll uh, goes has a pre-record that he did with Billy earlier today. We'll share that with you. And we're also going to talk to Louise Mackay, a Bellator cage girl. She uh, has been with Bellator for a while now and... We have yet to speak to you, the young lady, so uh, excited to talk to her. Let us reset, and we'll be right back to start the show. All right, guys. So, uh, I was in L.A. today for Bellator and 290s press conference with the headliners and that's Brian Bader who defends his Bellator heavyweight title against Fedor, the last emperor Melianenko and Johnny Eblem, the UFC, sorry, the Bellator middleweight title, middleweight champion. He defends against Anatoly Tokov. So two title fights for Bellator 290 out at the Kia Forum and Scott Coker, of course, was there. Chael Sonnen was the master of ceremonies, a lot of media uh, I hadn't been really much to these events lately, so it was fun to kind of get out. And I was wondering, did you watch any of it from back home? I did watch pieces of it mm-hmm. on Instagram. In in person goes, with it being Fedor Melianenko's last fight, I think I was expecting a little more. Uh, I, I mean, I, I knew we weren't at a weigh-ins. I knew there wasn't going to be some fisticuffs. You know, it's not like the Diaz brothers or the Russians or or McGregor and gang were there. But still, if Fedor's energy is is very low. He's so low-key, so respectful, stoic, that it does the same to others. And I can only compare it to dogs. You know, when Cesar Milan, for example, says, well, I'm going to take this dog to my little training center that I have. (laughs) If you bring an excited dog, a bunch of other dogs who are just calm, well, that excited dog kind of has to fit in. Like he he goes off what the pack leader's doing. And in this case, Fedor was the pack leader. Now, you know, Scott Coker isn't over the top. He just kind of tells you what's going on with the promotion, introduces the fighters. Dude, if not for Chael Sonnen goes, I know this sounds terrible because a lot of us have had loss of life around us, including us, many junkies, uh, a lot of MMA athletes. But, you know, life does move on a little bit. So allow me to say this, but it really felt like a funeral. Did it? it Yeah, there wasn't much pop to it. Like, 
you didn't feel like on Saturday night, boy, oh boy, man, it's going to be crazy. It was nothing like that. Hmm. Uh, Fedor doesn't give long-winded answers. He was to the point. Hey, Fedor, like, uh, what are you going to miss the most about the sport? And then he'd say, Russian, you know, didn't even have the mic near him. So the, the voice wasn't booming or nothing. And then the translator would say something like, uh, not much. I'm ready to retire. You know, <laughs> hey, Fedor, uh, how do you plan to get the job done on Saturday night? And then the, uh, the translator would come in and say, whatever it takes to get my hand raised. It was like, oh, my God, you know, and the best in the business were there, you know. A couple yeah. guys from Junkie, obviously, Nolan King, Simon Samano, John Morgan showed up. Josh Gross was there. Uh, a lot of the familiar faces, you know, they were trying to ask different questions. You're a legend, pal. You know, Marcos Viegas from Fight Hub TV. You're you're a legend. You mean a lot to this sport. Uh, are you going to miss it? He says, not much. I'm ready to move on. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. But look, the rest of the card gets interviewed tomorrow, and then we got uh, – we got the weigh-ins, and maybe the crowd will lift them up. I, I went to the last Bador versus Fedor event about four years ago, and it was awesome. So I expect Saturday night to be way different. I hope so. I mean, it is kind of a big deal. If it's a big deal for us, it's got to be a big deal for him, right? Yeah. Well, me, I mean, I hope so, but who knows? The only thing that was bothering me a little bit was he really wanted Bader. People asked him, what about Dos Santos, Overeem, Barnett, any of these others that, you know, are legends like yourself? And Scott Coker said, well, no, this guy kept coming back saying, I want Ryan Bader for the title. And it's a little confusing because if he beats Bader, he's done. And then they got to fill that gap again. And how's mm-hmm. Bader probably not going to be one of the two, right? Because he's, right. he's right. been a champ. He's been defending. So it's almost like Bader's playing with house money. He's the um, front runner to probably win it again. Probably, yeah. But no one really asked him, and I maybe should have, because sometimes when everyone's done, then sure, I'll jump in, I guess. I was off more to the side with King Mo. But I wanted someone to ask him, is there even a sliver of hope, 1% chance, 0.001, something? You know, even if he just would have rubbed his chin or something, and like, if you do to Bader what he did to you, because Bader beat him in the first round goes. He socked him, knocked him out. I don't believe Bader broke his hand, you know, and then that was it. Let's say Fedor were to do that to Bader. Why wouldn't they do a third one? Right. Yeah, if it were quick like that. Because remember, Bader just, he threw a jab. It knocked him down. He followed it up. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see why they wouldn't do a rubber match at that point. Yeah. Um. We'll see, man. We'll see. I, I, I'm pumped. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm pumped, but in a different way, just because I ran into a few fighters. It was my first time around uh, people like that, you know, because A, the pandemic, B, not as much travel, and uh, C, you know, even the the Vegas shows were either doing a, a watch-along or I guess I should even throw D in there. D would be, I do like to stay home and just watch and gamble on the fights. But 
anyway, like I say, I, I, I was excited to be there and I saw a lot of people, Adi Atar from Paradigm, Saya from Paradigm, uh, Lorenz Larkin, Chris Curtis, Dustin Poirier, Burt Watson, Chael Sonnen. You know, there was quite a few people from mixed martial arts, uh, the mixed martial arts world there. And uh, Brian Butler was there, Johnny Eblem, Ryan Parsons. So a little bit of the old school, a little bit of the new school. Like Ryan Parsons, I never met Johnny Eblem, but because they have King Mo in common, mm-hmm. you know, they, they chatted for, for a bit. I chatted with Johnny Eblem for a bit. He's a big Kansas City Chiefs fan. Oh, yeah? Because the Chiefs are going to take the Eagles. I mean, what would you expect them to say, right? But Right. Oh, excuse me. Long day. But, uh, yeah. It was a fun, fun outing. Um, you're going to be in SoCal, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah, I plan on being at the fight. Are you pumped? I'm getting there. Uh, the little bit that I did see today was just a little low energy. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping, uh, I mean, but the thing is, I know that it's impossible to have a Fedor fight that's not insane. You know, mm-hmm. the, the public and everybody just chanting and um, I, especially with it being his last one. I just, I, I don't think Bellator would send him off like a sucker. So I'm pretty sure they're going to have something pretty cool. And um, yeah, they did say that they've invited a few legends from Fedor's era to also mm-hmm. be there and they didn't release any names. Yeah, they did. Oh, they did? I thought they did. I uh, thought I saw Josh Barnett, Hoyce Gracie, Mark oh, cool. Coleman, Matt cool. Hughes. Uh, it was quite a bit of them. Yeah, that's awesome. Maybe I missed that part. Sorry about that. I I, uh, I just knew they were going to, but I, I, I didn't hear them rattle names off like that. So maybe it was just listed on social media or who knows. But, hey, again, we'll be there. I'm excited to cover it. And you should all go. It's a very nice venue, the Kia Forum. It's been remodeled after you know many years of it being the Lakers' home up until about the late nineties. Uh, now it's uh, home to a lot of concerts, a lot of events. UFC one ninety nine took place there. That's where Michael Bisping knocked out Luke Rockhold. So it should be a fun time. And the Bellator tickets are usually pretty affordable. I think they start at thirty dollars. All right. So moving on from that, uh, it, I guess I guess in other news, there's an there's a rehydration drink called Prime, and behind it is YouTubers Logan Paul and KSI. Prime is now the official uh, rehydration drink of the UFC. So think of Body Armor or Gatorade, something like that. Apparently, this thing is doing well, and it's got these two guys behind it. And so that was a big announcement that Logan Paul had teased. It's going to be uh, evident on the UFC broadcast, uh, primarily in the red and blue corners. They're calling them rehydration zones. That seems like a bit much to me. I guess. Look, it's the it's the official rehydration drink. Cool, good for you guys, but do we really need rehydration zones? Uh, is Bruce Buffer gonna say fighting out of the red corner, you know, in front of the rehydration zone known as Prime? 
Mm-hmm. No, he's not going to do all that. I, I think that's just too much, um, too much marketing for me. I'm curious about your opinion. So obviously, the whole point here is you're a Logan Paul fan or a Jake Paul fan, mm-hmm. and it makes you want to try their sports drink. But I mean, all our lives, haven't you just been okay with Gatorade? And if they don't have Gatorade, all right, give me a fucking Powerade. I'll I'll do that or a vitamin water. But I mean, I have no desire to try anything new. It'd be like if a new soda came along, like it's going to take a lot, man. All these like crazy Mountain Dew flavors that are coming. They just, I stick to the basics, dude. Yeah. I mean, Gatorade does be fine. You know, I'd usually take Gatorade when I'm sick um, or if I've, kind of exerted myself and I'm just I feel like a while not going to be enough a Gatorade's you know plenty. but mm-hmm. um I yeah a lot of people are creatures of habits maybe maybe uh the younger crowd that only knows of prime won't even be a it won't even be a decision for them because they won't know of the history of Gatorade you know you know, usually you're aware of Gatorade by like age seven when you go to your Little League games or whatever. Someone's always got a bucket of Gatorade. So unless someone introduced Prime early to you, Gatorade's mm-hmm. a monster out there, right? I'm not talking shit, but I literally didn't even know Prime existed mm-hmm. until this announcement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's going to be all over the UFC Performance Institute. It's doing well. It's a billion-dollar company. Here's another note. It says a similar partnership is already ongoing with Premier League Football Club Arsenal and KSI's pay-per-views on DAZN. I mean, again, cool. Sounds like they're making a lot of money, (laughs) and and that's fine. But, like, uh, just the rich get richer, you know? I mean, like, uh, okay. But but this, this isn't anything that should be talked about any longer. I'm done with it. How about you? Yeah, no, I'm good. Yeah. Uh, well, somebody did make a uh, interesting point on Twitter, and that was, I wonder what Paul will think of this deal, since he's usually on a crusade for fighters to make more money. What will he make of this deal between the UFC and Prime that will more than likely not put money in the fighters pockets yeah that is a good point you know so Mm -hmm. who knows now the paul brothers seem to be pretty tight they're at they got each other's backs at the events but they also do seem to be a little bit different for example jake paul beefs with dana white whereas logan paul and dana white seem to get on just fine Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know Mm -hmm. uh scott Scott Coker's going to talk to Luke Rockhold on Saturday. All right. Well, they worked together once at Strike Force, so I could see if that if Luke Rockhold wants to come back and fight in mixed martial arts, he should. He he deserves to have a chat with Scott Coker. That's where Johnny Eblum's the champ. Does Luke Rockhold feel like he's got something? Maybe. You know, I don't know. But well, Rockhold's a big name. Suppose he's supposed to talk. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, just because they're going to have talks, or or even if he does sign with uh, Bellator, remember, Scott Coker's kind of open to a lot of things. That doesn't mean that he can't box Logan Paul still under the Bellator banner, right? Like, 
Uh, I could see Scott. I could see them coming to an agreement where they say, "Hey, you're going to fight MMA, but if that fight does come to fruition, remember they have ties to Showtime. We'll let you, we'll let you do that." And and I think uh, I think something like that would have to happen because you know Luke Rockhold's pretty vocal about what he wants, and he's already said that's what he wants. That's the fight he wants. It reminds me of at today's press conference, Scott Coker was asked about Francis Ngannou. He took a second to gather his thoughts and he said, you know what? I think I can answer that. And what he said was here at Bellator, when someone's a free agent, we're always going to have some sort of an interest, uh, especially in, in these, you know, these big names. So yeah, we're interested. We've had some dialogue, but we've yet to have, have a proper sit down. However, we plan on having one soon and we'll see how it goes. I mean, all always classy Coker, but not shying away that, that that would interest them. In fact, people went so far to ask Fedor, well, what if Francis would were to maybe drop in? Is that enough to bring you back? Fedor kind of shut that down. Bader, however, said, sure, that would interest him. He did say, hey, that's a big cat. I don't want to get hit by him. Mm-hmm. That would be an interesting, you know, puzzle to solve. But uh, he's the heavyweight champ. You know, he, he doesn't back down from anyone. So it was interesting. Dude, I do not want to see Fedor versus Ngannou. Good God! <laughs> yeah, poor man, retire. Yeah, he's forty-five, right? Isn't he forty-five? Forty-six. Oh my God! Yeah, his birthday is kind of like yours and I in the late twenties of September. So he'll be forty-six for another few weeks or a few months. Mm-hmm. But he kept saying forty-six, man. That's a number. That's a number. Okay, well, you'll be forty-six in July. Could you give us the trilogy if you win? I don't know. Maybe, maybe we'll have another crack at him. Um, all right. Brandon Reno says he wants to defend the UFC title against Alexander Pantoja in Mexico. He says the ideal scenario for him. That's what he said. Now, what he's hearing goes is that there may be a pay-per-view in Mexico in September, and that's when he would be ready to fight him. Is that too long, goes? I mean, it's February 1st. He didn't really expend that much energy in the Davis and Figueredo fight. Pantoja's been ready to go. Like, what do you think? I mean, do you think he can squeeze in one more and still fight in September, or does he wait till September? No, that ain't gonna fly. I don't. I don't see how the UFC would allow him to do that. Um, yeah, I'm thinking uh, July around there somewhere. Right, but but if there is a pay per view in in Mexico in September, you want to have Brandon Moreno defend there, don't you? You do, but at the same time, I mean, how could you have a guy sitting on the shelf for that long? It's about eight months away. It's not the world's worst wait, but yeah, I hear you. Maybe they think they can fit two in. Who knows? Uh, he's pretty durable. How about this one? Gilbert Burns and Jorge Masvidal. That was announced last week. Check out the odds on this one, dude. Uh, you know, Masvidal is not a chump, but yet Gilbert Burns is minus 435 to win 100. Jorge Masvidal is plus three. According to DraftKings, so again, on Burns, you got to put up four thirty-five. If you want to win three fifty on Masvidal, you just got to put up a hundred. Insane! That is way too high. Um, I'm not saying it shouldn't be a good number, but yeah, it seems pretty high to me. Mm-hmm. I agree. The UFC has a fight card this weekend with Derek Lewis against Sergey Spivak, but look at what's below that. 
Devin Clark versus Daun Jong, Blagoy Ivanov versus Marcin Tabora. Duhu Choi is back after about three years. He faces Kyle Nelson. Adam Fugget. He's against Yasuku, Yusaku, excuse me, Kinoshida. Uh, Anshul Jubilee faces Jekka Saragi. Ji Yong Li faces Yi Jia. Toshiomi Kaza- uh, Kazama faces Rinya Nakamura. Seung Guk Koi faces Sung Hyung Park. Mandy Bohm faces Ji Young Kim. Jung Park faces Dennis Tulin. Tululin, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Jesus Aguilar faces Tatsuro Tyra. Jesus, the translator is going to be worked to death, right? Yeah, it's almost like this UFC co-promoting with Ryzen. I don't, I'm, I'm not sure of some of these names, <laughs> <laughs> but that's the card. So yeah, very top heavy with Lewis and Spivak. What a waste. I'd love to see them on a pay-per-view. Uh, of course, Blavgoy Ivanov against Marcin Tabora. Sure, they've been doing it for a while. Duhu Choi, him and Cub Swanson had a fight of the... Uh, they had a fight that was so good, it's in the UFC Hall of Fame. But, I mean, it is just... That is a garbage card if I ever saw one. Mm-hmm. Pretty bad. The Bellator 290 card, if you're curious, aside from the two title, title fights, this is a fight that can steal the show. Remember, this is on CBS. This thing's got a pop for Bellator. Sabah Homasi versus Brandon Ward. That should be fun. Both guys just love to crack. Yeah, but, I mean, it's good. Goes isn't that fired up about it, huh? It's all right. All right. Lorenz Larkin's on the card. Eamon Gracie's on the card. Henry Corrales. Ali Isayev versus Steve Mowry. Max Rashkoff's on the card. Alejandra Lara's on the card. Darian Darian Caldwell's on the card. So they're all sprinkled in against other opponents. We'll see how it goes. Bellator 290, don't forget, this Saturday, CBS, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Let's get to our first guest. This is a pre-record from earlier today. Goes interviewing Billy Quarantillo. All right, Junkie Nation, it goes. I'm here with UFC featherweight Billy Corintillo. He's facing Edson Barboza, UFC uh, fight night, Alan Holloway. We don't know too many of the details here, but we're going to we're gonna talk to Billy here. Billy, congratulations on your last win. Dude, epic fight, man. We were going nuts watching it. Uh, thank you, man. Thank you again for having me. It's always great talking to you. Uh, we're missing gorgeous George, but uh, mm-hmm. it's, well, the show goes on. And uh, yeah, thank you. It was a... Uh, you know, I, I've come a long way. I, I, I try to look back and uh, remember how far we've actually come and to get a win over Alex Hernandez uh, and now to be in a position to fight Edson Barbosa. Uh, it's really cool just to kind of look back and, and, and see how far that I've actually made it. Dude, so Billy, you know, the, la- the last fight, you went through hell, man. But And I know that's not part of the game plan. But at the same time, is it kind of like a little bucket list thing to knock off that you can always say this was my my battle, my war here that you could always look, go back and look at. Yeah. Especially with getting the win. Obviously I still want to go back and look at all the mistakes that I made. I de- definitely made a few big ones in the first round, but to be able to go through that's the worst I've ever been cut in a fight. You can still see the scar like right here, right above my oh, eyebrow. Yeah. It's still, it's probably not going to go away. Uh, probably ever. I'll always remember uh, Alexander Hernandez for that. 
Um, but yeah, I can I can look at this and, and think about like you know what you did in, when things got kind of sketchy, things going through adversity, things that I can show my son one day. You know, no matter what happens, you you can dig deep and still get the results you came for, uh, as long as you keep believing in yourself and and uh, not giving up. What were your thoughts when you when you received the cut? It's obviously nothing that you can uh, prepare for in camp or anything like that. It came from a pretty nasty elbow, and it looked like it could start impairing your vision a little bit. What were your thoughts when it when it first happened? Yeah, my thoughts were right away. I could feel it, so he was on top of me. Which was even funnier. I'll take you back to right before he actually got the takedown and ended up giving me that this big cut right here. Uh, I was in a point in the fight where I was like, oh, man, I'm busting him up. I'm doing a good job working my jab. He, his eye was all busted up. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to start taking over right now. Then I missed on that huge right hand. He ended up taking me down, almost putting me in a head arm choke. Then he lands that huge elbow, and I'm like, oh, no, this isn't, this isn't good. This isn't how I wanted it to go. And I was just thinking, oh man, I could I could feel like the warm blood, and it was super. I, I could tell there was a lot a lot of blood there. Of course, I don't get to see how bad it was, or if it was just one cut or multiple cuts or what happened. And then I heard the ten second mark. I was just getting up, and I thought, okay, you better land some big shots right here because the ref might stop this this fight in between rounds. And so, if you watch the replay, I throw the hardest punches I can throw to end the round, round one, because I'm thinking, okay, hopefully the ref doesn't stop this and maybe you can get a finish right here. Obviously, I didn't get the finish right then, but I was like, oh, man, hopefully this this stitch guy could could put it back together. Um, but at that moment, it was like, all right, now you really got to dig deep and, and go get this win, and hopefully that they don't stop it because I knew it was out of my hands at that point whether they stopped it or not. You know, that's something that you just can't train, right? Like the, the situation that you were in, um, did you ever have any different thoughts pop into your head? I know you're a father now. Um, does that ever pop into your mind at all during the fight? Yeah, it did actually. So I wasn't really think I wasn't thinking of my son like while I was fighting because obviously there's a lot going on. But in between rounds, my head coach Matt Arroyo he always asked me like math questions and like just little questions to to make sure I'm in my cortex and I'm using my brain. And he mentioned he goes, "What's your, when's your son's birthday?" And when he said that, then I really like kind of dug deep and, and made me think of my son right away. And all at once, I kind of had flashes of, of all the reasons why I needed to go out there and win that fight. My son being the main reason and, you know, my future and his future. Um, so that was the one point that like he made me kind of think about him. Whereas I was just really focused on winning and, you know, focusing on the technical part of the fight. So what I liked was after the fight, you know, you had Joe Rogan there, and we we often tell fighters about how important that moment is, right? Yep. Asking you shall receive. You said you want to be on that main card, and I, it looks like that's what's going to happen here. Um, you didn't give the opponent, but I know this is a guy that you've thought about in the past. Edson Barbosa, he's coming up for you, and I believe it will be on the main card. It'd be an absolute shame if it wasn't. Uh, tell us about the importance of kind of putting that out there and the respect that the UFC has shown you by giving you what you want. Yeah, well, so if, if for those who don't know, I've been on several main cards already. You know, the Spike Carlisle fight was on the main card. Uh, the Kyle Nelson fight was on the main card. There was the, the Shane Burgos fight was on the main card at Madison Square Garden. So obviously, like, I got to work my name up, and I was coming off that loss to Burgos. But being on, like, the early prelims, I was like, come on, man. Like, they know I'm going to have a crazy, exciting fight. And I knew it was going to be a good fight. So after, yeah, I said, uh, let, let's get back on the main card. 
And what I heard is this fight's going to be the co-main event. So I don't know if that's set in stone. I don't know if they have options, uh, if they're going to take that from me. Either way, I got a feeling it's going to be on the main card. It's Edson Barbosa, Billy Q. Of course, it's going to be a great fight. Uh, I'm still really eager to find out where the fight is going to be taking place at because we still don't really know. But to be on a card with Max Holloway, uh, someone who I've watched forever, one of my favorite fighters, uh, and now he's hopefully becoming one of my rivals soon being at the top of the featherweight division uh it's just a dream come true and i'm super excited for this opportunity yeah you brought up max holloway and i was going to get to that eventually i'll just ask you right now like is there a little piece of you that just watches a little film on both them guys just in case something were to happen would that be something that you would say all right man i'll jump in absolutely that's i mean i think that goes for every fighter when you see other uh, guys in your division on the card, uh, there's always that chance that something could happen, opponents could switch, uh, even if it's a week out or, or whatever. Um, it could be a different guy, completely different. So I'm, I'm prepared for whatever. With watching film, I would have to watch some of Arnold Allen's films. I've seen a lot of his. I remember when he he uh, had a, his, I think his breakout performance against uh, Gilbert Melendez. And that's when I was like, oh, wow, this guy's really good. And that's where when I started watching him. But with Max Holloway, I've watched, I watched I think, every single one of his fights. Uh, I got to see his fight against, uh, his second fight against Dustin Poirier live when it was in Atlanta. So I've seen him fight before. And I've watched pretty much all of his fights anyway. So it, that would be, that would be uh, even more of a dream come true. But Edson Barbosa can't be overlooked. And right now, most of the film study is, is going towards Edson. Tell us about how that film study is going so far. Edson Barbosa is a dynamic striker, man, and he can hit from all kinds of different angles. Um, what was it like, you know, when you finally found out that that's the guy you're going to face? And do you have to bring people in to kind of mimic the guy? I mean, I'm sure he's kind of hard to mimic, right? Yeah, yeah, it was funny. Uh, it was when it got brought up. I was actually thinking about calling out Edson Barbosa before the Shane Burgos fight. Uh, because that would be like the next stop on the line. Obviously, that fight didn't go my way. So I, I fought a little bit down the rankings a little bit, fighting Alex Hernandez, who is new to the division. Um, but yeah, the, the film study for it is I called him out after this fight, and now it's like, all right, he said yes. Now it's really, now you really got to watch this film. And now I watched it a little bit differently because. Before, it was just Edson Barbosa, a fighter who I've watched and been a fan of for years. Now it's, this guy's going to do this, going to try to do this to you. You better be ready for it. What are you going to do to stop this? And now it's a, a whole new ball game that I'm super excited for. And to answer your question about bringing people in, we got a few guys that can replicate him a little bit. Um, but a lot of it's just what I need to do. And then of course I'm going to go cross train somewhere. I would really like to know where the fight's going to be first. Um, but there's a couple places that I want to go. I either want to go back to long Island in New York and train with, uh, Matt Frivola and all those guys at law MMA. Um, maybe go back to Vegas, maybe cross train somewhere else, but I definitely want to get some different looks. I like to cross train, uh, at least once every training camp. I know squids can swim. Is the squid going to take it into deep waters? Uh, maybe feel Edson out a little bit in the beginning and, and bring that cardio to test? Yeah, and that's something that uh, I think I can talk about pretty openly, like what my game plan is. A lot of fighters are like, oh, I don't want to tell you too much. But I think people that watch me know what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to drag the fight out, wear you down, beat you wherever the fight goes, whether it's standing, whether we're wrestling, whether it's on the ground. 
obviously going against a guy like Edson Barbosa, it wouldn't be smart just to stand and bang with him and, and see him get knocked out first. So I'm definitely going to be trying to mix in everything I can to make it uh, an ugly fight, a, a fight that I'm able to grind him down and wear him out and look look to get that finish, whether it's in the, the second round, the third round, even in the first round. Uh, that's what I'm bringing to the fight, and, and everyone knows that. So I can talk about it, and they know the bell rings. I'm going to be in his face, and, and I'm going to be pushing the fight the whole time. Big-time fights should de- generate big-time results. Have you thought about what could come from a victory over Edson Barbosa? Absolutely, yeah. This is something that I've – these are the type of fights that I dreamed of when I when I got into the sport. I was a fan of – the top guys, the best strikers in the world, the best fighters in the world, guys who can push that pace, win big fights. Uh, after this fight, you look at my resume, especially if I can go get a big highlight real finish, man, these finishes are starting to add up. I'm 4-0 in fights in the UFC that have that have ended. So that's basically the universe telling me that's what I need to do to, to win this fight and to get to that next level, make it 5-0 and in those fights. Um and, and yeah, this is my run right now. I just turned 34 uh, a couple days before my last fight. Uh, so 34, this is my prime. So right now, fighting a guy in the top 15 and then get a big win, get ready to call someone out that's a few spots above that, do that again and end the year fighting in those huge fights, top five, top six type situations. So, Billy, if you were to get a text message right now that said, all right, man, we heard you talking about location. You can't wait. You tell us. Where do you want this fight? Give me, like, two spots you think that would really work. All right. So my top choice is I've already thought about this. Uh, my top choice would be Buffalo, where I grew up. I, I actually just went there. I went to a Disney on ice. Me and my brother brought our kids there. Um, so that's at, like, the Sabres Arena. Uh, downtown Buffalo, number one choice. My number two choice is where I live right now, Tampa, Florida. Both places they haven't been to in a while. They haven't been to Buffalo, I think, in like six or seven years. Um, Tampa would be choice number two. And I've heard a few people talk about Boston. And I've talked to a couple people. My brother's actually told me that it's going to be uh, Marathon Monday and the, the Boston Marathon's going to be run there that weekend. So that would be awesome. I think that'd be my third choice now would be Boston. My my wife has some family there. I've also I've always had a great time going to Boston. I've been there a bunch of times. So Boston would be one of those choices that would be really a really cool spot to fight at because I've never fought there before and it would just be one of those new cool spots. If you get it in Buffalo, have you already thought about what jersey you're going to be wearing, what Bills jersey? Oh man, I don't. I've been telling people. So obviously, I'm a diehard Bills fan, and we we came up short. I went home to the game. I went home uh, to, for the game last weekend against the Bengals, where they lost. Uh, but right now, I told you, well, it's it's hockey season right now. I might wear a, a Buffalo Sabers jersey because they've they've had a bunch of really bad years, and this year now it seems like they got a bunch of young players, and they're starting to make games really interesting and uh, interesting and exciting. Uh, so right now it's kind of Sabers season, but I, who knows? Maybe I'm always going to be a Josh Allen guy, uh, Stephon Diggs. Uh, all those guys, the Bills defense. There's so many guys that uh, that I could pick. So the there's there's a long list. All right, and then lastly, I do want you to plug 
your OnlyFans. And I'll make it clear here, <laughs> he's not naked or anything like that. It, it's content that he's doing. Uh, can you tell us about if people go on your OnlyFans, what what can they see? Like, what what are some cool things that you do on there? Yeah, yeah. Thanks for thanks for bringing that up. I love uh, OnlyFans. Is uh, they're they're one of my sponsors. They basically pay me some money to uh, use their network uh, as a platform, just like any other social media, just like an Instagram, just like uh, Facebook. And I'm trying to put stuff out there that I wouldn't necessarily put on like my regular social media stuff, like like a bunch of behind the scenes stuff, a bunch of behind the scenes of my fight camps, of my fight weeks, uh, things that I just don't want everyone to see. But if you subscribe to me, which is completely free, that's the type of stuff you're going to see. And now I'm doing technique of the week where I'm picking, I'm picking uh, a technique that worked for me in one of my fights. And I'm basically just breaking it down and showing why it worked for me, how I set it up. And I've gotten a lot of good responses from that. People want to see more of that fight, but it's all behind the scenes. So I use that platform for all that stuff that I wouldn't necessarily show on main social media, but I can show on OnlyFans. And obviously I'm not showing any like weird sexualized stuff. It's all <laughs> it's all like training and fighting and that kind of stuff. Some people are disappointed, but uh, that's uh, that's not what I'm getting it, getting into it for. And yours is free, right? It's completely free. So OnlyFans paid me to get on the platform and I do have the option to charge for certain things. Uh, I was joking with them that I would get a bunch of my amateurs to fight each other and have like a, <laughs> uh, like an underground fight ring. Um, mm -hmm. but I just, I don't know the, the legality of that. I gotta, I gotta get back with my lawyers, uh, mm -hmm. if I could do that. But in, in, until then, I'm just going to keep putting all my behind-the-scenes stuff. For this training camp starting, it'll, it's only going to be on OnlyFans. So the, the Cornetello Barbosa uh, training fight week and, and the, the training camp leading up to it is all going to be on my OnlyFans. All right. Well, you mentioned it. Gorgeous George is not here. When the cat's away, the mice play. I yep. teased you here. The letter Q. Mm -hmm. Remember Jeopardy? I do remember Jeopardy, yep. Things that start with the letter Q. You ready? Oh, no. Okay. I'm gonna make them easy for you, but here's the thing. If you win, all right, I will do something cool for you. I won't tell you what it is. It'll be a surprise. And if you lose, you lose. Hey, you, you played okay. the game, right? Okay. All right, here's the first one. It represents 25 cents in American uh, currency. Oh, man. Wait. Oh, a quarter. Yep, you got it. All oh, right. I, I thought that was a trick question. Oh, man, I gotta settle in. <laughs> I was like, wait uh, a minute. Okay. It's a. Uh, it's sand that you step in and you immediately start to sink. Quicksand. Yeah. And I know he's not doing the what is quicksand. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, right, yeah, you're still passing. Uh, Tom Brady, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. These are all examples of quarterbacks. You got it. All right. Old go. ladies like to knit these blankets. Quilts. Shout out to my, my my grandma. Rest in peace. But she used to make some some banging quilts. Yeah, that's pretty. Oh dope. yeah, we still got a bunch of her blankets and stuff. It's it's really cool. You got to make a quilt of every guy you've beaten in the US. I'm, I, that's the thing. I'm not the quilt maker. My grandma mm -hmm. was. Uh, yeah, but I don't I don't make quilts. I don't. Even, my wife really doesn't want to get into it either. It's, I think it's like one of those. I don't know if, if there's gonna be too many quilt makers uh, moving forward. <laughs> All right, bud. Well, thanks for spending some time here on MMA Junkie Radio. We appreciate it. Edson Barbosa is a banger of a fight. We're really happy for you, man. Thank you for the time, Billy Q. I appreciate it, guys. Take care. I don't care how past his prime Edson Barbosa is. That, that's still one fast, twitchy MF-er. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
He's not taking them lightly, though. That's the good thing. Um, and he asked for him. You know, he asked for him. So that's some balls on that kid. But uh, I like Billy, man. He's a good kid. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Yeah, I like him too. Um, I, I I think my early lean might still be Edson Barbosa because it seems like to beat Edson Barbosa, you have to be pretty damn good and pretty established. And that's what Billy Quarantillo is trying to prove us that he is one of those. I don't think he's proven it to us just yet. Do you? He hasn't proven. He proved he's proven that he's durable. He's proven that he has good fight IQ and that, you know, when there is adversity, then remember that cut against Hernandez was nasty. Mm-hmm. So to come back from that, and, and like you said in the interview, like he thought it was going to get stopped in between rounds. So like the last 10 seconds of that first round, he was throwing bombs. Um, you can't really gain that kind of experience in the gym. So for him having that, I think he helped. I think he can bet. I mean, I think it's it's the perfect matchup, but we're going to find out a lot about him here in this matchup. Yeah. Well, he's coming off the win against Alexander Hernandez. I would say that's probably the fighter that's reached the highest ranking, at least at the USA Today Sports MMA Junkie rankings. He's also beaten Gabriel Benitez, Kyle Nelson, Spike Carlisle. He's 17 and four overall. So he's not a bum. Not, definitely not calling him that. But what, what I don't know yet is if he's ready for the next level. He is catching Edson Barbosa on the way down, but still, that would be a respectable win, a big name on the uh, on his resume. So we'll see. Early lean for me is Edson Barbosa, but I'd happily eat crow on that one because I've really gotten to like uh, Billy Quarantillo mm-hmm. since sure. we started covering him. Yeah. Are there odds on that one yet? I don't think so. I think it's too still too early. Yeah. Mm. All right. Um, all right. One last thing here, and then we'll get to our other interview with Louise Mackay. How about this little sneaky stat? Curtis Blades determined to break GSP's record for most takedowns in UFC history. Is that a cool record? Uh, what, what do you think? Like, what do you think of a headline like that? Like, it, it kind of caught my eyes, and then at at some point, I'm like, who cares? And then at another point, I'm like, well, that is a GSP record. You know, at first I thought, uh, I mean, I think it is a cool, cool uh, record. But I didn't, I thought GSP would be up there, but I didn't know that he was the leader in it. So I think it's a cool record to have. It's just not a cool record to to say you're gunning for. Right. Like that's like that's that's kind of random, isn't it? Yeah. But GSP has 90 takedowns in his career. Curtis Blades, who's pretty much kind of a takedown machine, he's sitting at 62, but he thinks he can get there. I don't know. Some of these records are pretty fascinating to me, and then others are like, what? Like, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure there's a calf kick record out there somewhere, but I'm not sure that I care too much about it. Anyhow, all right, let's have a little bit of fun with our next guest. She is a Bellator cage girl, Louise Mackay. She was nominated, not this past year, but a previous year for the World MMA Awards. Um, she's in Thailand right now.
What's going on, Junkie Nation? Gorgeous George and Goes are back with another superstar from the sport of mixed martial arts. To get today, we get to talk to Bellator Cage Girl Louise Mackay. She's been uh, working for Bellator for a few years now, and Louise, it's an honor to have you on the show. Thank you very much for having me. Um, I'm really glad to be joining you guys and have a little chat. Yeah, especially we heard that UK accent, and we're like, all right, here we go. This is going to be a good one. For some reason, <laughs> you all in the UK That's... can talk, talk, talk. Yeah, the it's accent interesting. Is what gets everyone. Yeah, exactly. Whether they're a fighter, an MMA notable like yourself, a promoter, we've always had some of our best interviews with those from the UK. So, and, and you don't have that thicker accent that I noticed that those up north, they say the further you go up north, the harder you are to understand, but we can understand you fine. Yeah, well, I'm glad you can because I did actually have that problem at the start when I first started out with Bellator, um, especially working with a lot of the American team um, because my accent is actually really, really thick. But over the years, I've just kind of, when speaking to people, learned to tone it down a little bit. Um, so I'm glad you can understand. Um, but if I get a bit too excited and talk a bit fast, that's probably my worst habit. So do let me know if that happens. All right. Well, Louise has been kind enough to uh, get up early because she's not in Newcastle nor in L.A. She is in Thailand right now. You said you're training, huh? What, what, what? Yeah. To kind of sharpen the skills, get to know the game better. Or you got something up your sleeve that we don't know about. <laughs> maybe, maybe just. Um, yeah. So after the Japan show um, in New Year, where it was Bellator and Ryzen and their collab, Yes, after the Japan show, um, I had the perfect opportunity to fly out here to Thailand. January is typically a very quiet month for me. Um, it's something I've wanted to do for about four years now. Um, and I was lucky enough to come over here to AK Thailand, which is like a world-renowned Muay Thai gym over here. Um, you guys have probably heard of it. It's Mike Swick who owns it, um, former UFC fact. Um, so yeah, I was very welcomed over here. I've had a great time, um, obviously training a bit of Muay Thai, a bit of Jiu Jitsu. Um, it's just been fantastic. Um, like I say, it's something I've wanted to do for four years and finally have the opportunity to do it after COVID and a busy schedule. It's, it's been amazing. Um, I've met loads of people in the fighting game over here, um, attended a few seminars and then of course trained myself and learned more about the sport. So that's been really, really fun. Mm hmm so no fights are coming up or nothing like that? Not yet, no. Would you do it? Um, I would never say never in the future if it was something like a charity fight or something just for an experience. But um, no, not yet. All right, we're not calling out Luz Carmouche today then or nothing like that? No, not, not yet, not yet. <laughs> um, all right, first of all, uh, you brought up Mike Swick. He's going through a lot of health issues right now. Please tell him the boys from MMA Junkie Radio are keeping him keep, keeping him in our prayers and thoughts. I know he's going through a lot, but boy, that dude is a fighter and a warrior. I get very inspired every time I see his social media posts. He is taking yeah. everything head on. It's crazy. Like this one sorry for him or nothing like that and but but tell him, you know, not just us, but Junkie Nation, a lot of people in MMA see it and we're all thinking of Mike. Yeah. Oh, he's fantastic, honestly, like one of the best people I've met, like so inspirational. Um, you wouldn't think it looking at him when he comes down to the gym, like he's just in such high spirits. And I do think it's to do with the place as well. It's such an amazing place. And obviously the kind of community that he's created here at AKA um, is just so friendly, so welcoming. Um, and I couldn't praise anyone more, the coaches, the people, 
um so yeah he's surrounded by a lot of good people but like i say like you would never know he's always on the ball he's always in here working um speaking to everyone seeing how everyone's getting on so yeah he's a great guy mm -hmm. yeah i'll be sure uh, to send on the well wishes thank you thank you yeah that'd be great and i don't want to just assume are you turning are you training in all of the martial arts that encompass mixed martial arts or have you just taken the muay thai what what, what exactly is your training schedule like since you're immersed um, so in the gym out there yeah, right now majority, um, the majority of it is Muay Thai. Um, it's something I've always like kind of been interested in and kind of what I started training in um, at the beginning of COVID. And that really that really got me. I've been tied into that ever since COVID um, kind of started. Um, but again, a bit of jiu-jitsu as well. Um, I fell in love with that, obviously watching the sport. But um, last year, I spent a lot of time in the States. So I trained at a lot of um, Gracie Academies, um, with Heuss himself, um, he was actually one of the guys that taught me to come to AK. So yeah, um, Jiu-Jitsu and Muay Thai is probably the two main things at the moment. Um, I don't want to go too wild and um, focus on one thing at, at a time and see how well I progress and kind of learn in those areas. With Hoist Gracie himself, huh? Like, yeah, yeah. So like one-on-one -on -one sessions and, and privates, he's, or, or you go to his class? A bit of both, yes. Yeah. So I was over in the States um, just yeah. visiting. Like I said, January's a quiet month for me. So I was over there last year um, in the January, spent a bit of time there um, and just used my time again to train, um, explore a little bit. And yeah, it was a great experience at both the academies and with House himself. Um, we actually got on really well. I've known him since um, I first started out at the European shows. So yeah, he's always looking out for me and kind of making sure I get on all right. Mm -hmm. So what would you say was the genesis of you becoming a fan of martial arts? Is there a particular moment in your life that you can point to? Um, it's something that's kind of, I think for me, it's always been on in the background, um, like in the on the TV. When I was younger with family, it was always a sport and event that like my family would watch together. Um, but I think obviously since starting with the Bellator promotion, um, it's a global promotion with some of like the best athletes in the world. Um, and I think it's kind of fallen in love, not just with like the fight scene and fight night, but everything that leads up to that. So fight week, um, obviously seeing everyone go through what like the grueling regime, the training, um, the preparation, like I think that's what really made my love for MMA so strong because it was for me getting a better understanding as to why these fighters do what they do, why they put themselves through this grueling regime. Um, and when I started training myself, although it's probably not on the same level or nowhere near, um, you do fall in love with it. It is addictive and I do understand why they do what they do. Um, so I think that's kind of where my love came from is kind of seeing the behind the scenes and how things work um, besides just fight night. Who are some of your favorite fighters to watch perform? Um, it's a tough one because I have so many like different favorites because obviously there's so many different styles between the fighters. Um, I really do love the entertaining fights of people like MVP. Um, if we take a look at 
the Japan show that we just had with Ryzen, um, AJ McKee's fight was so interesting to me, um, even though I would have liked to have seen a finish, and I think a lot of people would have, it was still very, very exciting. Um, there was very good exchanges, it was very energetic, um, and I think they really brought to the table what the fans wanted. So for me, it's kind of more the excitement and obviously displaying loads of different styles and defences is really interesting to me, and I do kind of edge more towards those fighters that can put on a show. You know, Bellator does a good job of the theatrics before the fight, the presentation yeah. of the fight. But when they go to Japan, they take it to another level. Wow. What was yeah, that like I've, for I've, you? I've seen nothing like Japan. Japan is just crazy. Um, so New Year's Gone is my second time in Japan. Um, and the rise in promotion mixed with Bellator was just incredible. The production, um, the fans are incredible. Like I've never met fans like that in my life. Um, the respect they have kind of for the sport, for the fighters, for the people that work there and are behind the scenes is just incredible. Um, it is, it's a total, total different atmosphere. Um, but yeah, like you say, it's, it is just incredible when you see it all put together on, on the night. You know, that's saying a lot, too, because the Japanese fans are, are known for be, very, uh, being very knowledgeable, very respectful. But again, going back to when we started the interview, you're from the UK, man. Those fans get passionate over there, whether it's football, uh, combat sports. So I, I guess it's a little bit of both, right? They're, they're, they're different, but they're both. Both fan yeah, bases, it's, you can appreciate it's them. It's a huge shock to the system because you've got on one extreme you've got kind of a culture that's so excited about the sport, passionate, and they let it all out. And then on the other side, you've got a culture where they're very respectful. I mean, if you go to Japan and watch the fights, you can literally hear the other corner corner in. Like, it is, you could hear a pin drop in that arena while the fight's happening. Um, because everyone is so invested. Everyone's like just so switched on with watching that you don't hear the roar that you hear kind of back here in Europe um it is silent but the fans are just so so passionate what's been your favorite event so far if you can narrow it down uh and what are you looking forward to in 2023 um oh goodness my favorite event is so difficult because like i say with the cultures it's it's not just about kind of the events and the fights it's, it's also the fans that make these events special you know um so for me if I didn't have to say Japan, because that was just a whole new experience, which is so cool. And I think for anyone to experience that is just amazing. Um, it would have to be what island events, I would say, because the the hype that's kind of around those events, you've probably heard it yourself if, if you've not been, um, but it is, it's just incredible. The fans, the fights, um, the families who attend, everything's just top notch i think it's just the best you did say ireland right ireland yes dublin dublin ireland, ireland okay. based. yeah that one slipped by me there the accent but um <laughs> ireland sorry i, I got carried away pardon did you, call, did you call it ireland ireland not ireland 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 oh. oh okay huh. i never heard of <laughs> like that that's that's unique yeah, I think, um, well, with my accent, it is the pronunciation can be a little bit different. I do I do yeah. have a um, horrible tendency to shorten words <laughs> so people can't understand. <laughs> yeah, no, it threw me off because 
like for example, Hawaii, their islands, right? So I was like, well, which island? And I was trying to narrow it down. Uh, yeah, no, it's both Dublin then. Dublin, if that Dublin, makes okay. sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, got it. Yeah, they're very, very passionate there in Ireland for sure. Great fights. They have great fights inside the cage too. So that's oh, a little joke with the fans. Yeah, and I mean, I've seen some of the best fights I've ever witnessed inside of that cage in the three arena Dublin. Um, it's just incredible, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. Do you have any uh, I, thoughts on this weekend's car? I know, card you won't, I know you won't be able to attend, but we got it's the final fight of Fedor Melianenko, one of the greatest to ever do it. Uh, I bet you they still talk about him in Japan, and he's challenging Ryan Bader, of course, the heavyweight champ. So this is, you know, these are the baddest men in the promotion, right? Yeah, I mean, obviously you've got Bader who holds a title in two different weight classes, was one of the first, well, is one of the, uh, is, Oh my goodness, sorry. Is the first athlete within Bellator to hold a title within two weight classes. And then you've got Fado, obviously, like you say, who's an icon um, and has been a champion across different promotions. And I think the exciting thing with this fight is as well, um, it's definitely one that's caught everyone's eye because as Fado's declared, it is his retirement fight. So win, lose, or draw, um, that's kind of it for him. And I think Bader, with that fight, he's taken on an opponent who can ultimately take the title and just walk away with it um so yeah i think it's a really exciting fight obviously you've got two exceptional fighters um going up against each other and i think it's one that everyone can't wait for you've got a stack card but obviously with that being the main event i think it's the one that's caught everyone's eye yeah goes and i will actually be there in attendance at the kia forum i feel like I'm it's so a historical event yeah and I I'm went so to the first fight, and I remember just everyone on pins and needles because you know how it is with Fedor. That guy's just ready to crack at any moment. And even though Bader, Bader does come from wrestling, he's just developed some really nice hands. So I think these guys are going to settle it on the feet, and I think it's going to be a tremendous main event uh, yeah, I mean, on Saturday on CBS, too. Yeah, CBS Network. It'll be Bellator's first show on CBS Network. But if you take a look at, I mean, even at Fedor's last fight against Tim Johnson, I mean, that was just incredible. He took some heavy shots there, but he also exchanged a lot of them. Um, and ultimately, that's kind of what won the fight. So it is exciting to see him go back into another fight now um, and hopefully have the same result for his retirement. It would be nice to see. Um, but yeah, I think I think it'll be good. I can't wait. What are some of your interests outside of uh, mixed martial arts? Um, definitely, I mean, still fitness and all the rest of it's always been like a huge passion of mine. Um, but outside of mixed martial arts, it's probably traveling. Um, I've experienced a lot of that with Bellator, which has been absolutely incredible. I've gained a lot of opportunities with the company. Um, but obviously traveling, exploring different cultures is just, I love it. It's just the best. Um, and I'm really lucky to be in this position and be able to do that. Any favorite locations stand out as a tourist? Maybe not. So we'll leave the work aside, the fans, yeah. the fights, forget about that. Just somewhere where you went and you went to a, the downtown or or to an, uh, an ocean and you just went, wow, it just took your breath away. Uh, I would probably actually have to say where I am now. Um, like I say, I came off my own back as well as training I have done a lot of exploring I've been grateful to meet so many amazing people out here and locals who've been able to take me around um, and just the culture over here in Thailand I'm in Phuket at the moment um, but just the culture over here is amazing 
the people, the locals are so lovely. Um, I feel like I'm in a very safe environment, which I wasn't sure I'd get that feel when I first came over. But honestly, I feel safer here than I do back home in the UK. Um, and it's just just a beautiful place to explore. The food, the people, the company, it just it's all fantastic. You go spicy on your Thai food? Movies, oh, 100%, or like, yeah, I'm a spice yeah. girl. <laughs> <laughs> I can 100%. only handle three to five. I don't think I can go over that, but but uh, yeah. They, yeah, they can no. really spice it up I've, over there. Yeah, I've not done any of the crickets or anything like that. That's not a bit of me. But the spice I can do, that's not a problem. Very cool. We chatted before the interview, uh, the Newcastle, the resurgence of Newcastle, the football club, the Magpies. You were telling us it's a hard ticket to get, but oh, wow, uh, yeah. definitely you said you want to partake in, in one of the games and enjoy this this great season they're having, right? Yeah, I mean, it's near impossible now to get a ticket to one of the matches. Um, <laughs> Newcastle's done really well for themselves, but I think anyone who wasn't a football fan before is now a football fan for Newcastle, and those tickets are like gold dust. Um, but yeah, fingers crossed I'll be able to get one this year. I always remember going to St. James's Stadium when I was younger um, with family and friends, so hopefully I can kind of relive that experience in 2023. Um, and finally get to go see Newcastle play again. Um, if not, I might have to rob someone's ticket because I really want to go. Yeah, you got to tell Big Daddy Cokes or your friends at Monster to hook it up. But definitely I know, enjoy I know. it because it's a great season. I yeah, remember back in the day when they had Alan Shear and Norberto Solano from Peru, our mom's mm -hmm. from Peru, so we would kind of keep an eye on him. But yeah. that, that that was a great team that they had back in the day, like 20, 30 years ago, and, and they they are they were fun to watch. Sure, I imagine is a legend in Newcastle. Oh, 100 percent yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. Total, total legend in the football scene. Um, but everyone everyone in Newcastle is so passionate about the football. It's like going to like a Dublin Island event to watch MMA. That's what it's like at Newcastle Stadium when we're watching obviously the Magpies play. Mm -hmm. Well, you know how Alan Share is a, a legend over there? Do you want to become a legend on this show? Because I'll make I would you like a bet. To be. Yeah, that would not be too bad. Next time the Red Devils face Newcastle, I'll make you a bet. The loser's okay. got to eat a cricket on the air. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm down. Nice. Ooh. I'm down. Yeah. Hey, you know what? You guys it. keep talking. I'm going to look up when this next game is. Ask her another question, Rose. <laughs> I'm going to have to get Let's do it. I'm not, I'm not one to back out of a bet or a dare. That is is it like uh, a? That's just legit cricket, right? Is it like chocolate covered cricket or anything like that? No, or? no, crispy, crispy cricket on a stick. We're going the full, the full thing. Proper <laughs> traditional, like, yeah. Would you look? Uh, would you look down on me if I put like hot sauce on it or something just to change the flavor? Uh, I mean, it's. It, I don't know how to prepare. It. <laughs> I'm in Las Vegas. I mean, I wouldn't mind a bit of hot sauce on mine because I'm like a spice fan to the max. But yeah, yeah. I think we should just go total raw cricket. Raw. All right. All right, you <laughs> two. All right, you two. You ready? Here here it comes. Manchester United and Newcastle United also. They play on April 1st. No, that's not an April Fool's joke. Mm -hmm. So that's a Saturday. Okay. On Monday the 3rd or, or, or Tuesday the 4th, this bet could possibly paid off, get paid off. Now, this is where you two catch a break. For one, Ghost challenged you, Louise, 
and you accepted. So respect right there, right? <laughs> but there is one bailout they could draw, and if they did, then I don't know. Does it carry over to the next one, or does it just squash nah. it all? Right there? If they draw, I'm then say, you got to the next one. I want to see someone eat a cricket here. Ooh, I, I wow. think if they yeah. draw, George's got to do the cricket. Say what? Yeah. Oh, you then that includes all three of us. That works. I can see that happening. No, 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 no. I like the carryover part. I'm just kind of like okay. the adjudicator right. of the whole deal. I'll make right. sure it's a, it's a cricket uh, and, and that, you know, it's not fake or nothing like that. Uh, but, yeah, <laughs> that's an incredible bet. That and I, Okay, and it's on. <laughs> I'll see you in April. All right. Cool. Well, listen, thank you so much for the time, Louise. Very nice to meet you. I know you got up early to do this. Sorry about maybe not communicating a better time for you. But like you said, no, you no, get up early to train, it's right? It's totally fine. Yeah, I mean, it's it'll be going on nearly 6 a.m. So an extra two hours in bed, you owe me next time. So I'll <laughs> Right. I'll make sure I add that to the list in April when I'm eating the cricket. Careful with the caves out there. Sorry, it won't be me eating the cricket. I stand corrected. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, thank you again for the time. Uh, I'm sure you'll be tuning in, as will we, for Bell Tour 290, awesome. folks. It's 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, this Saturday at the Kia Forum in Los Angeles on CBS. Ryan Bader will be defending his heavyweight title against the great Fedor, the last emperor, Emelianenko. Thank you, Louise Mackay. We really Thank appreciate the much. time, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks. See you soon. Look at goes getting cute. So if Newcastle and Manchester United draw, I got to eat a cricket. Oh, my gosh. Why not? Hell no. I had to stick up for myself on that one. Trust me, he ain't going to have to eat no cricket. I know they're hard to score on, but we can get out of there one nothing. Where's that game at? That's one thing I didn't know because I looked it up so fast. I know it's April 1st. Let's see here. And shout out to Manchester United goes. They had a three-nothing lead on Nottingham Forest in the Caribou Cup. It's a home and away series. So they were coming home. They fielded a, a little bit of a weaker side than normal, but that side came through. Two nothing. Like Eric Ten Hag has really changed the culture of the team. They are out to win every single game. And you know, score goals, clean sheets, score goals, clean sheets. Did did you happen to catch any of it? I was in LA, so I only caught a little bit. I did. I was able to catch it. I thought it was kind of cool. Jaden Sancho got a nice uh, review. They played just as hard, man. So, yeah, I was excited. Mm -hmm. All right. That Newcastle game will be in Newcastle, goes <laughs> the cricket wow. game. So, it's a little tougher to win on the road, but we'll see, man. Maybe it will be a draw. She didn't back down, did she? No, she didn't. Yeah. Very, very cool chick. Um, thank you to Danny Brenner from Bellator for setting that up uh all right folks well listen like i said goes and i will be in los angeles this weekend if you happen to be in the area if you happen to be at the show uh say hello we'd love to meet you all we'll be near the uh cage side so but there's sometimes they have a, a little bit of time in between fights uh, i remember at the last one of the last shows I went up and saw some listeners up in like a second level. So, you know, I don't have to catch every single fight cage side, but see if you can connect with us somehow. Let us know you're going, where you're sitting. Uh, DMs, texts, a lot of you have my info. So should be a fun time on Saturday. And don't forget, one week from this Saturday is February 11th, and that's UFC 284 in Perth, Australia. Even though they're in Australia, it's the normal showtime the normal pay-per-view showtime that you're used to, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific for the pay-per-view. 
8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific for the prelims. Nine fights total. And Goes and I will be doing that, hopefully rounding up uh, some talent to join us. Last, O'Day Osborne and Eric Nixick. So we'll see who we can round up. I should have talked to Eric, uh, Chris Curtis about it. I saw him at uh, in L.A. Oh. So uh, I think it'd be fun to yeah. have him back in the fold. Yeah, it'd be good. Yeah, but uh, count on it, folks. We'll be doing the watch-along at our normal time. It should be a fun time. There's two title fights. Come on. You got to be jacked about Alexander Volkanovsky going after history, trying to become another one of the UFC's champ champs. He is trying to track down Islam Makashev's UFC the lightweight. He's already the UFC's featherweight champ. And then you also have the interim title in the featherweight division, which is kind of cool because if Volkanovsky wins, he may have to stay up at 55. Mm -hmm. There's just big, big names that uh, are involved in that division, including Makashev himself, but even more notably, Dustin Poirier, Conor McGregor, Michael Chandler, Justin Gagey, that list goes on and on. So uh, I thought it was very, very wise for the UFC to do this. And that, that interim belt will have Josh Emmett and Yair Rodriguez. And remember, the winner of that bout will get pay-per-view points if and when they unify versus uh, Alexander Volkanovsky, the undisputed champ. The interim, the interim and the undisputed, when they fight, they're unifying. So mm-hmm. cool opportunity for one of them to make some big, big coin, grab a big bag. Um, lastly, goes today was um, letter of intent day for the colleges. Did you happen to catch any of that? No, I didn't. Yeah, it kind of caught me off guard because I remember it used to be the first Tuesday of every February. And now that I think about it, maybe it is the first damn uh, Wednesday. Who knows? Now, UFC was USC was just out of the top 10. They came in at number 11. Alabama and Georgia at the top. Texas followed. Ohio State, LSU, Oklahoma, Miami of Florida, Oregon, Clemson, and Notre Dame. Those were your top 10. After that, USC, Tennessee, Florida, Texas A&M. Um, so I was hoping the US, that USC would kind of do, do a little bit better and maybe finish in the top 10. But considering last season was pretty legit, they do pretty good in the transfer portal. Hey, look, I'll just take it. It's not about the best recruits. It's about the right recruits. This is true. Yeah. 100. All right. So we're out of here, folks. I think we've talked enough. And I want to thank our guests, Louise Mackay and Billy Quarantillo. And, of course, always you, the listeners. You guys make the show. And we're always pumped to do the show. And don't forget, you can also catch Goes and I every Monday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. On Spinning Backlick. All right, folks. We'll see you all next Monday. Go out and be a champion.